Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Further opposition to the rebuilding. When word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to the time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, some balance sent his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter. in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make their proclamations about you to Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shema, son of Deleah, the son of Methabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night, they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I, I realized that, that God had not sent him, but he had prophesied against me because of Tobiah and Sam, but that had hired him. Had been, he had been, had been hired to intimidate me, intimidate me so I would commit a sin by doing this. And they would give me a bad name to discredit me. 
remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the war was completed on the, on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realised that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him, since he was son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Arah, and his son Jehonanah had married the daughter of Meshalam, son of Bechariah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling them what I had said, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Hey, good morning, guys. It's great to be with you. My name's Zeke. And how good was that Mateus family reading? Thank you to Jose, to Adora, to uh, uh, Lydia, Ruben, and Elisha. You guys are amazing readers. So give it up for them at home. Put some chats in there. Put some claps in the emoji. And, um, and hey, guys, I'm wearing my special T-shirt today because we've, Nehemiah has finally finished rebuilding that wall. So can someone just go berserk on the chat? Just, you know, if you need to do a little spin, do it. Go mad. This is amazing. Let's celebrate. It's good. Um, so this morning we're going, we're, what I want to focus on is how we can overcome distraction through perseverance. I believe perseverance is the way that we overcome distraction. I want us to take a closer look at how distraction often disrupts the rebuilding processes of God in our lives. And I want to I look at how we can persevere in a culture where distraction's rife. So hey... Just, just a question for you. Are you distracted right now? I'm talking to you. Ellie, stop blending. Put this cup of tea aside and finish the text. We're here. We're in the room. Guys, she gave me permission to say that. Let's, are we distracted? How distracted are you? What's going on in your mind, in your head? Often we can come... To, to, to the service live streamed and we can be totally distracted, can totally be pulled away from other things. You've, you've probably heard it said, the devil is in the detail. Well, how, how, how about this one? The devil is in the distractions. The devil is in the distractions. I'm convinced that one of the number one ways that the enemy, he was doing it, they were doing it, in, in, in Nehemiah's time, they're doing it today, is to, to cause us to be distracted from all the things that God has called, called us to. It's the, it's the historical weapon, distraction to humanity. Nehemiah's enemies tried um, to distract him, and we're living in incredibly distracting times. We know, guys, that we're in a battle, right? We're in a spiritual battle. We, we often don't feel it, but we can sense it. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, for, for, for the thief, for the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus speaking, I have come to give life and life in all its fullness. 
And I want to encourage us this morning to get our eyes fixed back on Jesus and take our, 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 our sight and our mind off distractions. Hey, at a young age, I was diagnosed with ADD. If you don't know what that means, it's attention deficit disorder. Uh, teachers couldn't keep me focused. Uh, they were often pulling me out of class. I don't know why, but because I was distracting others. I don't know why. But, but it, it, I've, I struggled to complete tasks and finish things. And so I don't think I'm really qualified to be talking to any of you about how not to get distracted in your lives. But um, what I want to say and what I believe and what I am qualified to say is that I believe 100% with all my heart that God can take someone who was really distracted and give them laser vision to complete tasks in their lives and to complete the things that God has, has called them to. Guys, I believe God can redeem any story. I, I, I believe he can rebuild any brokenness. And I believe that he can renew and, and revive a life that is diverted by distraction. God is in the business of rebuilding lives. If I had a brick, I would use it as an illustration. Rebuilding lives one brick at a time. One brick at a time. The dictionary definition for distraction, here we go. This, this like blew my mind and it just... Extreme agitation of the mind. Are you extremely agitated in your mind right now? Romans 12 1 to 2 talks about how we're meant to be renewed. We're meant to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I definitely don't want to be distracted by the agitation of my mind. Here's another one. A thing that prevents someone from concentrating on something else. Like the thing right now is this. The phone. It will take your concentration and put it onto something else, something menial, something often that isn't important from the task and the call that God has called, you, called us to. Distraction will divert you from rebuild, the rebuilding purposes of God. I love Jordan saying, guys, if you miss the National Leaders Conference, Vineyard National Leaders Conference, I would encourage you to go listen to a talk. Go listen to all of them. But Jordan saying, he's a pastor at a small church in Hawaii. He just talked about trying and how we can try and persevere. I loved it. He said this, The enemy will never tell you not to do something. He will just say, do it later. He'll just say, put it off. And that's often how distraction works. We get distracted from the main thing and, and, and to the menial thing. So how does distraction work? Let's look at the life of Nehemiah. Let's go into the scriptures. I want to encourage you to, to have a read this week of six and just understand for yourself what, what God might want to say to you. So how does it work? How did it play out in the rebuilding story that Nehemiah was part of? Distraction, well, the first thing is it will do, distraction causes us to do something else. Maybe you want to write that in the chat. Do something else. That, that's what distraction will, will make you do. Distraction will always draw us into doing something else. The way the enemy and the opposition worked with Nehemiah is they were trying to get him to do something else. Just look at, at verse 2 in chapter 6. Sam Ballot and Geshem sent me a message. This is Nehemiah or Nehemiah as Tabitha would say, which is true, but I just, Nehemiah, it's, it's culturally how I'm saying it right now. Um, 
Love you, Tal- Tabitha. Thanks for informing us the right way. Uh, Sam Ballett and Gershom sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Guys, I'm so glad that Nehemiah said, oh no, to that meeting. He, he, he had his hands, he, had his, his, he, he, was, he was involved in other things, way more important. The way the, way the enemy op- and opposition often works is, come do this, come do that. I'm so glad he said, oh no. There will always be battles in our lives. Like I said at the start, we're, we're in, we're in, we know we're in a battle. We sense it in our lives. There will always be do something else moments. In fact, Nehemiah's enemies, the distraction came five times and he had to say, oh no, five times. Maybe we need to say no to something that's causing us distraction. Years ago, when my wife and I, Ellie, we lived in Bournemouth, I was kind of working three jobs and one of them, I was working for Teen Challenge, which is a Christian organization. I was working with guys in drug and alcohol addiction. They're either on the streets, in hostels, and my job was to hang out on the streets and and chat to homeless and and addicted men and women and see if they wanted to get start to rebuild their lives. It was a great job. It was probably the most difficult job I've ever had. Uh, It was challenging. It was painful. And I'll never forget this guy I was particularly working with. Um, He was really trying the rebuilding process. He had a severe addiction to multiple drugs, particularly heroin, and he'd been clean for a period of time. He was going through a detox, and we were just about to get him to rehab. In fact, I was in a meeting with him the day before he was about to go. And I'll never forget... I was writing this and it brought me to tears as I was remembering his story because I'll never forget he got his phone out and started to show me pictures of his daughter. You see, he hadn't seen his daughter for years because his, his distraction, as he would call it, he often said distraction, his, uh, his distraction was his addiction and it, 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 was, um, it was often distracting him away from the things that he knew he needed to d- attend to in his life. And we, we sat and we prayed together and we were excited about the following day. And I went home and I prayed. I woke up the next morning. I got in my car and I drove to the YMCA to pick him up to take him to rehab. And I was unfortunately met with someone who met me at the door in tears. And they said to me, um, he, he's not going to be able to make it today. You see, last night he got distracted with someone else. They put their money together and they... They, they, they wanted one last hit before he was off to freedom, and that hit killed him. He was, he was dead that morning, and, the, and the, the, the ambulance were taking his body away. You see, it was a little distraction that diverted him from, I believe, the purposes God had on his life. Sadly, he died, like I said, and the distraction took him away. I've heard it said, sin or distraction will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you want to pay. The second way that distraction happens is it's through lies. It's just through lies. The whole letter from Sam Ballot is just lies. Read it in verse, verses 6 to 8. 
They're, they're, they're basically calling Nehemiah out and they're talking about his character and his agenda and it's just false. Maybe there's someone in your life who's trying to distract you or something that's trying to call you out, misinterpreting your character, misinterpreting the calling of God on your life. I love, I love well, Nehemiah. He, he was actually an extraordinary man. I don't know if we, we're not teaching on chapter 5, but I'd encourage you to read it. It's all about, it tells you more about the man who Nehemiah really was, his heart for justice and for the poor. I remember that Nehemiah had ear to the king. He was a governor. He had special privileges. He he'd not, he'd chose to not raise taxes and have lavish meals at the cost of others. I wish there was more men around like Nehemiah who weren't, weren't seeking power, prominence, and privilege to, 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 to elevate their lives, yet live amongst the people. That's what he chose. He actually gave up a lot so he could understand the culture of his time and be an influence. Remember, the devil is the father of lies. And Nehemiah fought for injustices and fought against the lies of, of, of the, the, the opposition to his people. You know, you, we read it in, right at the beginning. The serpent comes to Adam and Eve. Did God really say no, 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 no. You, you won't surely die. You won't taste death. Just eat of this fruit. He lied throughout history. He, he was lying back then and he, he lies today to us. Don't let his lies distract you from God's purposes. There's so many lies that we can believe. This is what you need to look like. This is the way your job needs to be. This is what you should pursue. This is what you need to be successful. There's so many cultural lies. Maybe take some time this week out to work out what cultural lies maybe you're believing and being distracted with. So here's a question. I wonder if there's any lies that you're believing right now that are preventing you from God's rebuilding process in your life. Have a think. Guys, I've wrestled with this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I come with this with great humility. I'm, I don't have the answers, but I think we're, we're a distracted culture. We're a distracted people. And the, the third way that distraction worked in Nehemiah's life and it works with us is fear. False evidence appearing real. Fear. Shemaiah, the shamster, by the way, I made that word up. It's a, it's, it's a mixture of a shambles of a man and a hamster. Um, so so you, you make of him what you would. Uh, he turned out to be a false prophet. He wasn't a great priest. He conspired with the enemy to try to take Nehemiah and the people off the purposes of God. He, he was trying to convince Nehemiah to hide in the temple. And I love Nehemiah's response. Nehemiah says, Should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? Nehemiah wasn't concerned about preserving his life. He was about preserving the call of God on his life. That's what he was interested in. And let's not let fear distract us, yeah? I think a lot of us, we, we've, it's so easy to get gripped with fear, worry about the future. But last time I checked, I think the call of God on our life is simple, to go and make disciples. We can still do that. Whether you're locked in your house, you can be on Zoom, you can, you can phone people, you can socially distance walk. Let's not stop God's purposes in our life to make disciples, to heal the sick. 
I've been praying for people over the phone. I've seen amazing miracles. We've seen it in our church of people being healed and brought into wholeness via Zoom. Hey, who knew it? The Lord works in mysterious ways. He's called us to love our neighbors, to connect with them. We still can do that, to pray for the sick and pray for the welfare of our city. Don't fear, don't let fear distract you from your duty. 2 Timothy 1 verse verse 7, I grew up on this. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Guys, he's not given us a spirit of fear. So moving on, how can we persevere? Because I believe perseverance is the antidote to distraction. How can we persevere in a culture that's full of distraction? One of my role models is a man called Mike Pilavachi, especially in the stuff I do with young people. He says this, perseverance is the missing gift in today's church. Perseverance is the missing gift. Man, do we just miss so much stuff? Is there so much unanswered prayer because we, God doesn't get to see our persevering heart? We don't stick with it. We don't stay with it. We don't persevere. So how did Nehemiah do it? Well, the first thing, how do we persevere? Persevere in your no. Just like he said, oh no, in your no. It's really hard in life to say no if you've, to something if you haven't said yes to something else. Okay, so it's really hard to say no to something if you haven't said yes to something else. If you don't have a brick in your hand, something else will get in your hand. The Bible says the devil makes work for idle hands. Nehemiah's hands weren't idle. That's why he could stick to the purposes of God. You see, it's not, it wasn't difficult for Nehemiah to say no to distraction, to an important meeting, or to, to appease all the gossip about him and as a person, his accusation. We, we've, he, he was Because he was saying yes to rebuilding a wall. Interesting, Nehemiah had to say no five times. How many times do we have to say no to the distractions in our life? Guys, I'm so, I've been thinking about it this week, just thanking Jesus as I thank him for, for saying no to the devil in the wilderness three times. To saying no in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will be done but yours be done. When he looked at the cross and he said, no, I won't, I won't come down from there. He stayed. You know, the cross is a reminder of the commitment of Christ, the, the, the perseverance through suffering and pain. And as he, as he was whipped and beaten and hung on the cross, he said no to the power of sin and death over our lives. And he defeated it. That's why he said it is finished. I love it. I love it. It's easier to say no to a lie if you're thinking about lying if you've said yes to someone about that lie. It's easier to say no to sexual temptation if you've committed to purity and you've, you've said to others, hey, hold me accountable and we're going to chat every week about this. It's easy to say no to the endless notifications on your phone if you've turned them off. <laughs> it's easier to have a Sabbath 
if you just switch your phone off. God is in the business of rebuilding, guys, and he, he builds one brick at a time. So what do you need to say no to right now so that you can continue in the purposes of God? The second thing that we learn from Nehemiah's life is persevere in prayer. All throughout the rebuilding process, we see Nehemiah persevering in prayer. He just continues to pray, and in different ways. Prayer isn't just reduced to a quick one. It's, it's reduced to maybe days of prayer, like we see in chapter 1. He prayed, and he fasted, and he wept for God. Extended times of prayer. Or a prayer for wisdom, when the king actually says, yeah, what do you want? Or a prayer for justice when he saw things that weren't right and he sought the Lord's face in justice and not trying to always take it into his own hands. I love Nehemiah's prayer. This can be our prayer. If, you're, if you live a busy life, um, hopefully not too busy, remember this simple prayer in, in verse 9. It says this, But I pray, this is Nehemiah speaking, Now strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. If you ever are in a difficult situation, you sense you're in the battle, you sense you're in, in difficult, just pray that prayer. Now strengthen my hands, Lord. I need you right now. It's a little tip of prayer. My dad's given me permission to share this story. Hey, Dad, good to see you. I love you loads. And I love you too, Mum, because you'll be watching this. And maybe Grandma and Rebecca and whoever else you show Dad, feel free to send the link to people in your taxi, and I love you. It's awesome. For 10 years, last over a decade, my dad has struggled with debt. He just hasn't been able to shake it. For years, he wasn't. This is something that has caused a distraction. He would say distractions in his life. I would say distraction. Distraction, remember, it will cost you more than you want to pay, keep you longer than you want to stay, and... and and something else. Yeah. But this debt was really crippling in a way. But my dad's always been a man who persevered in prayer. And um, maybe there's a situation in your life that you're really finding difficult right now. And I want to encourage you to persevere in prayer. So 10 years in debt, that's a long time. And he gets a call from the government. Mr. Rink, we need to speak to you about your... Your, um, your arrears. We seem to have made a mistake. He was literally, he said, oh, sorry, I've got to go because my dad always says whenever he gets a phone from the government, it's not always that good. So anyway, the government calls him back. They said, no, Mr. Rink, it's really important. We've made a mistake since 2018 with your payments. We owe you $35,000. $35,000. Remember a few weeks back, Georgia said, when God takes a long time to do something quickly. Debt gone. Debt gone. Now, no longer in the red, totally in the black, whatever. I think the black is like good, positive, but um, he's debt gone. And, and guys, one of the things I reflect on, because I didn't see this happening, if I'm honest, one of the things that I'm so grateful for and I, I'm encouraged by is my dad persevered in prayer. Let's persevere in prayer. Finally, let's persevere in faith. Guys, rebuilding the walls was a miracle. 52 days it took. 
if you've got a study Bible or you can get a picture up on Google, look at how, how big that space was that those people rebuild, rebuilt. In 52 days, I think they said they persevered rather than got distracted. And there was many distractions for them. Verse 16 says this, When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Guys, faith is a two-way journey. We have faith and trust that there is a God moving in amongst the unseen of our lives. And he's, he's working away in our weakness. He's working away in our struggles. When I look at, at the biblical history, I, I'm reading the Bible this year again. It's great to be reading it. It's so good to remind ourselves of biblical history. But not just that. When I look back at, at history, the heroes of faith, I'm so encouraged that they didn't get distracted and persevered with the assignments God had called them to. Think of Noah, that he didn't get distracted when all those people were laughing at him and his family literally building an ark in the desert. I'm so glad he persevered. I'm so glad Moses didn't get distracted from leading God's people out of, the, out, of the, out of captivity and into the promised land. I'm so glad Esther and Ruth um, were, were not distracted from the call of God on their lives to impact nations and families and people because of what God wanted to achieve through them. I'm so glad Daniel and his bros Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't stood up to the cultural um, frustrations on their lives and cultural restrictions because God wanted to, to do something great in their time. I'm so glad Mary um, continued to this, uh, uh, um, didn't get distracted from the immense assignment that was on her life to bear the Savior of the world. And I'm really, really thankful that Jesus went to the cross, that he didn't get distracted by all the people saying, don't go, you don't need to. He, he set his face like flint and he, and he went to the cross and he endured suffering and he endured pain so that we could know freedom. Guys, just read through history. Look at the disciples and the gospel writers and the early church fathers, missionaries, men and women who it's cost their lives persevering with the things of God. Reformers, slave abolitionists, those who prayed and fasted for revival, they persevered. They persevered. And, and guys, I believe God is calling us to persevere like nothing else to persevere in our no, to persevere in prayer, and to persevere in faith. They all persevered in the midst of distraction, and I'm convinced God is calling us to do the same. So guys, as we worship, whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, because the privilege of preaching is that I don't do this alone. The Holy Spirit's working and he, he might have been even speaking to you about something that I'm not even saying because that's how he works. He wants to speak into where you need to persevere. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, you would um, just move through our screens and into our spaces and draw us into your presence to begin to be a people who persevere and not get distracted. 
We love you, Jesus. We, we love you, God. We love that you've all that you've been doing and you, you're calling us to. And Lord, we focus on you. We put aside our distractions and we begin to worship you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.